everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Dropping the Gloves. Hey, Tim. Good morning, John. Good morning. I'm at your house again. Yeah, it's fun. Did you just get out of the shower? I did. You look very moist. <laughs> Still, did you not dry off your face after a I shower? I do. I moisturize, though. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Anyways, thank you, everybody, for joining. You, you always are on surprises every time we talk. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this Friday episode. We're slowly inching towards summer, and that means we're inching towards the playoffs, Tim. And that means we are vastly, not even inching, we are sprinting towards the trade deadline. Only as, a few days away now. As we record this, it is April 9th. The trade deadline is three days away. So we've already seen some dominoes fall. We saw the biggest guy on the market, arguably, Kyle Palmieri. He got traded to the Islanders this past week. And sure enough, goes to the Islanders, beard's gone. Lou Lamorello has a certain way. He looked like a totally... Did you see a picture of him? I did, yeah. Completely different person. Unrecognizable. It's so funny when you just shave someone's beard, how awful they look. Like, the beard adds so much masculinity and facial structure. And then when it's gone, it's like, did you... Do you have a jaw? Like, what happened? Isn't it funny how it changes that much? I think he looked better without it. I don't think so. I think he's got... He's not a handsome guy. He really... He needs the beard. The beard... I was actually thinking... And maybe I'm going way... And we should... Might edit this out. The mask... It's the best thing to happen to average or ugly looking people in a long time. Because it covers up your face. It's an equalizer. Or even teenagers who have acne. Like... I would have actually probably liked a mask for the better part of my my high school life because I had acne all over my face and it would have been nice to like to cover that up just to you know what got a mask up sorry <laughs> I, I got and you know maybe I'm just talking out of left field but anyways moving on the Oilers played last night they played the Ottawa Center let's just get, I'm just trying to run through a couple quick hits that I thought were interesting they played the Ottawa Senators nine times this year how many times do you think the uh, Oilers won versus the Ottawa Senators this year? Nine games. I know the answer. It's all nine. It's nine and zero. Oh. Yeah. Not even nine zero oh and one for the Ottawa Senators. It was nine in regulation. That's amazing. What's crazy too is that except for the, if it wasn't for those nine games, the Senators are only two games under five hundred, which is absolutely crazy. Like they play, the, they're really tough on the rest of their division. They really are. Which which begs me to think what goes on when those two teams play when it's just like the the Ottawa Senators have no chance and yet they played close games but when you play a team nine times like you're bound to get one win maybe an overtime loss a shootout loss how does a team dominate for nine games when Ottawa plays Toronto hard every time they play them they beat Montreal consistently they're a hard team to you know to to beat but not if you're the Edmonton Oilers. Do you have any reason behind it? I don't. We should shoot Brady a text and, and get some answers there. But I saw a stat last night that said Dreisaitl has more points versus Senators than Taylor Hall has points this year. Uh, that's poor Taylor Hall. It, it, well, why is he even on the top of a list in a trade bait? We're going to get to that. All right, let's get to it right now. So the trade deadline is, is upon us. I've compiled a list of teams that I think are the only ones that are Stanley Cup contenders. I was a little generous just so we have some teams to talk about. If I were to make a true list of Stanley Cup contenders, the list would be mm, 
six teams, maybe five teams. But I was a little bit more generous. I chose three teams from every division, so that gives us 12. And I included Boston because I know how much Tim is sensitive. We saw it last episode. We didn't really hash that out. It ended on a very negative note last episode. We got some tweets about how crazy you are for thinking they should trade Bergeron or that Detroit's going to win a cup before Boston does. Bruins fans probably tweeting. Yeah, it was. 100%. Bruins, it was Jack (laughs) Edwards. Ma, Boston's going to win every Stanley Cup ever. Ma, we're going to bring back Timmy Thomas. It's going to be great. But anyways, so I've compiled a list of teams that I think are legit Stanley Cup contenders and ones who, if they make a move, could potentially jump into that category. The teams I'm talking about are the, the Minnesota Wild, the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Pittsburgh Penguins, teams like these where I think they're on the outside looking in right now, but if they did make a move, they could jump into that echelon of teams with the Washington, the Islanders, the Toronto. I'm including the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, those teams right now who arguably one of those teams will win the Stanley Cup. So let's just start by saying nobody has cap space. Nobody, none of these contenders really have a healthy amount of cap space. A lot of them have none. Like the Vegas Golden Knights have 180,000. Like that's, that's, that's not, that's relatively nothing. Winnipeg, Tampa Bay, Edmonton, Washington, Islanders, Pittsburgh, they all have zero, like zero, zero dollars in cap space. So in order for them to make a move, they're going to have to ship out money. And we saw this recently with the, the Florida Panthers. They traded a few players. I think it was Stillman and somebody else. Brett Conley. Brett Conley. Sorry, not Stillman. Connolly. <laughs> Corey Stillman. Corey Stillman. Is he still around? Probably 15 not. 15 years ago. 15 years ago. They traded um, Connolly to Chicago, who's still a serviceable player. I think he scored 20, 25 goals last year, so he still has some juice left in him. Wasn't producing this year. Making 4.5, I believe, in that range. They shipped him off to Chicago just to clear up cap space. And they gave Chicago some draft picks just to sweeten the deal to take on that salary. And, and we knew this was going to happen. There are teams out there who can take in cap space. And that's the only way that these teams are going to be able to make moves. So I, I think you'll see this maybe even with the Seattle Kraken where they'll absorb a contract just to get a first-round draft pick. You saw with the Vegas Golden Knights a few years back. They were making moves before they were even in the in the league. Okay, we'll we'll take on this, and they were doing like handshake deals behind closed doors, which is, I don't know if that's legit, but apparently it works out in hockey. So, anyways, with all that being said, we're not going to focus on the salary cap side of this, just because we think if a team wants to make a move, they'll make another move to free up cap space. If you want to get Taylor Hall and your Edmonton, you're going to have to trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins or somebody else to a team with a ton of cap, like the Arizona Coyotes or the Chicago Blackhawks or another team like that, and they'll absorb it. They'll get a first-round draft pick. Blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Let's start with the Honda West, Tim. The Honda West. I drove a Honda at one point. It's a great vehicle. Now, why do you think Honda would sponsor the West Division. Do you think they get to choose which division they get? Absolutely, because Scotia North is Scotiabank and they're not they're not in anywhere else but Canada. And Mass Mutual is a Eastern company, so they sponsor the Eastern Conference. But I don't know about Honda and Discover. They're kind of they're worldwide companies. I don't think Honda's even based in North America. This is great radio. I had a Honda Pilot when I won my All-Star. Did you know that I won MVP of the All-Star game? 
Well, everyone wins MVP, right? They hand them out? Just one person a year. What? And I won it in 2016. I won a car. No way. And I sold it. I know. You should have sold it to me. Now I have a Yukon Denali XL. It's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> it's a freight train. Drives like a dream. Honestly, it's if you, if you can, two things in your life. Play in the NHL and get a Yukon XL Denali. It's unbelievable. Anyways, moving on. The Colorado Avalanche. When you look at this team, you think of a complete wagon. The squad is just a bunch of stallions. Like, they're unbelievable. Like, they, they have a strong team top to bottom. Their forward unit is just as, as good as it gets. You, you can't think of a weakness. Maybe they could get a, a fourth-line guy, but are you really going to go out and trade for a fourth-line guy? We'll see. They need a backup goalie. Correct. They have Philip Grubauer. He's been playing lights out. He's been playing great for the last few years. Their backup situation isn't that strong. What do they need to do, Tim, to, to shore up that backup goaltender position? I mean, what do you get for the team that has everything, right? So, yeah, I mean... They, I like they that. Have, what? What do you get for the team that has everything? Yeah, I mean, they, they have... Just, we talked about it in depth, but... Um, yeah, I think a backup goalie, it's not maybe not a huge priority for them, only because Grubauer's been so good. He got lit up the other night, but he's still arguably the best goalie in the league right now. And the backup really shouldn't be playing in the playoffs anyway, except for injury or something. So I don't think they're going to stress out too much about it. But yeah, if they can find a cheap one on the market, um, they've got a little bit of cap room, just a little over $3 million. I wouldn't be surprised to see him sell like a a third or, or a mid-level prospect to go get a backup goalie to... You know, solidify that, but I don't think it's really too much of a concern for them. I think they'll go out. I think they go out and get a Jonathan Bernier yeah. from Detroit, some guy who they know they can plug in there, who is you know a decent goalie. People forget about Jonathan Bernier. He's having a decent season in Detroit. He's got you know above average stats, nine eighteen save percentage, goals against two point seven eight, and that's on a Detroit team that isn't that great. Yep. So he he's still serviceable. He's he's got a low cap hit of three million dollars. I'm sure you could get Detroit to hang on to fifty percent of that or even more. Throw him throw him a third rounder or a fourth rounder. I think that makes perfect sense for Colorado because at this point in their season, they are absolutely on fire. They they don't want to mix with it or mess with it. You know what I mean? Too much because if you start adding pieces, it's like a it's like a nice jambalaya or a a, light, a nice soup. You add things, but then if you go too much, it becomes muddled. And it, it, it turns turns out terrible. So if you throw too many ingredients in this, if you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep adding talent, we're going to do this, we're going to go out and get Taylor Hall, it's not going to work. You have the perfect mixture of all these players and they're playing great. You don't want to mess it up too much. A backup goalie, maybe a fourth-line center who can kill penalties, come in and help out a veteran presence. But I, I don't even think they need that. I think you need a backup goalie. What? Moving on to the Honda West, the Vegas Golden Knights. Do you think that they need anything? They have zero calorie cap space. What do they need to do or what can they do, the Vegas Golden Knights? I would say nothing. I mean, they're very similar to Colorado, but just close to a perfect roster in terms of high scoring forwards, the defensive depth, the secondary scoring. They have two awesome goalies, so probably nothing. And, And the fact that they'd have to make a trade to clear cap space, in order to go get whatever piece they want, it would just not be worth it. I think it would be like a double negative, and I think they just it would it would cancel each other out. So I think they stay put, just like Colorado does. Yeah, it's funny that these teams that are clearly head and shoulders above the rest, like they don't need much. 
But you have seen it in the past where a team that has everything, they go out and they get the best player in free agency. And it's like, whoa, like we did not expect that. So Vegas likes to wheel and deal. It would not surprise me if they did go out and swing for the fences and like say, we're really, really, really going to go all in this year. And I don't know what that means. They have had some injury bugs on the back end. Peter Angelo hasn't always been there. They could potentially bring in a defensive defensive man, some D help. But like you said, I think they're in the same boat as Colorado where they don't need much. All right. Moving on to the last team in that division who I think has a chance to make a push for the Cup, it's the Minnesota Wild. They've been a surprise this year. They, they've they been getting production like we've talked about earlier in the year with Capriol Kaprizov, Cole uh, Greenway has been playing well, Marcus Foligno has been playing really great. Their top guys haven't really been producing, the Suitors, the Parisis, those guys. I think they need scoring. I think they need um, some injection of talent. Matt Zuccarello has been playing well. They're not... There's not a lot of high-impact forwards out there who can really move the needle when you're talking about scoring. The guys who are available, Kyle Palmieri is already off the list. The thing that makes this a little bit trickier is a team that was supposed to be a seller, the Nashville Predators, all of a sudden have been playing well of late, and they find themselves competing with Chicago for that last playoff spot. So it's like maybe Granlin isn't on the market. Maybe these guys in Nashville we can't even touch. So you have to dig a little deeper. And guys who I like who are on the market, obviously Ricard Raquel is out there. Why not go out and get a Bobby Ryan? Why not try to get um, a Getzlaff? I'm sure, well, I don't know if he would waive his. Do you think Getzlaff waives his no trade to go to Minnesota Wild? No. No, I don't think so either. No. I think he's going to be very selective. Do you think he waves his no trade move to anywhere? If you're Ryan Getzlaff, if what are the few teams that are on your list? Yeah, I mean, I I think he could in the right situation. I don't know what those teams would be. I mean, gosh, who even needs a center like that? You know, the the teams in the North down, maybe Edmonton, maybe Winnipeg actually. Yeah. Uh with Blake Wheeler down. Um some of these teams that could use that that uh, veteran pre- presence, like a Carolina or Florida, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would imagine his list is very short. Otherwise, he's probably he's probably fine staying in Anaheim. Yeah, what I think will happen in Minnesota is they're going to do a package deal. They they don't need much, but I feel like their GM he realizes that they have a chance here. They've been playing kind of outside of their game. They've been playing, they're hitting above average right now. I think they swing a deal with the Columbus Blue Jackets. They bring in Felino, Marcus's brother, nice. and they bring in David Savard. Ooh, I like it, him. It's a package deal. They have the picks. They have some prospects that they can give back to Columbus. This would make them very, very, very dangerous. They already have a great defensive group. They have Spurgeon, they have Dumba, they have Suter. If you have Savard, add Savard to that list, you're a very dangerous team. And then if you throw Nick Foligno in the mix, he's not having the year like he usually has, but he's he's a solid player. You know, you, you know what you're going to get out of Nick Foligno. He's a very responsible player. I thought if it wasn't Kyle Palmieri going to the Islanders, it was going to be Nick Foligno. Those are the two guys who I, I pigeon, pigeon marked, earmarked. Yep earmarked to go to the Islanders. But anyways, that is my prediction for the Minnesota Wild. I think if those two guys go anywhere, it's going to be a package deal. I don't think they're going to be a single trade. I think they're going to go to one team and they're going to get a big haul for those two guys. 
David Savard is arguably the top guy on the on the trade market right now, just because he he doesn't put up really any points, but he's so good defensively, and he blocks shots, he eats pucks to the face like he's uh, Dan Girardi, like that's he's that type of player who just is fearless, and um, and you see it every time we see like the Columbus Blue Jackets in a playoff series. So I would imagine he's pretty high on most teams' list, and especially there's so many teams that need that type of defenseman that I would you probably get a pretty good haul for him. And people always overpay for defensemen at the deadline. That that's the one thing, like you said, going into the playoffs, teams always need defensive help, always. And there's not many defensemen on the market, especially if Nashville holds on to their defenseman because they feel like they can make a push, which I don't think they should. I think they should sell because they're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. They they shouldn't just push just to make the playoffs and then be beat out in the first or second round. They got to trade at home. They can trade Ryan Ellis. They can get some serious, serious capital back for them. The only thing holding them back with Ryan Ellis, he's got a huge cap hit. Like he makes 6.25 wow. for the next five years, oh. six years. So like he he's signed in until 2027 at 6.25. So that's a, a tough pill to swallow. But he's a good defenseman. Like he is arguably better than Matthias Ekholm offensively in all around play. So if the Predators all of a sudden kind of just switch and like listen, I'm David Poyle. We're not going to win the cup. Let's just sell off some some assets so we can build for the future. Those two guys are going to be very sought after. We mentioned David Savard. He's an old-school defenseman. He's not going to get you some serious points, but he just plays. He's the perfect guy you want for the playoffs. He's going to punish the forwards. He he blocks shots. He plays hard minutes. He's really, really good. Vince Dunn of St. Louis, he's a guy who's similar to David Savard, like an old-school kind of defenseman not as good as Savard but very very close has a really really low cap cap hit at 1.875 Josh Manson another guy who's just a hard-nosed guy he hasn't played as good of late how much do you think Josh Manson makes uh Two and change. Four point one million dollars. What? Isn't that incredible? Four point one million dollars. So he he's signed up until next year. So if you take on a Josh Manson, you're 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 paying him four point one next year. Yeah, I don't That's want incredible. that. That's uh, incredible. A Brandon Montour, Ryan Murray from the Devils. I like Ryan Murray. I know we're we're just kind of got sidetracked on the defenseman all of a sudden, but these guys are going to be very very wanted players. Like they're in high demand. I like Ryan Murray. He was the second overall pick, I believe, or third overall pick a few years back. His career hasn't gone the way, obviously, he wanted it to when he was drafted in 2012, but he's a good defenseman. You know, he's shown glimpses. He's had an injury bug, but I like him. If if some team could get him just to kind of be a a third or fourth or fifth defenseman, I think he's a a really good defenseman. Um, Also on the Devils, Dmitry Kulikov, and a guy who really – kind of stood out last year during the playoff run, he's bounced around the league a little bit, is Jamie Oleksiak. I think he can be a good fifth or sixth defenseman. He brings some size, some toughness, some experience. He's been on the playoff runs. He obviously was a big, big reason the Stars went as far as they did last year. He's, he's you know, he's on the market, in the market, on the trading block. Yep. He's on the hot spot. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. The Discover Central Division. We mentioned Florida making a making a move. They lost Aaron Eckblad. What is Florida going to do to him? I think their goaltending situation is shored up. Their forward group is serviceable. They're good. You know, they don't really need much. What do they what do they need to do? Well, they got some cap room, right? They got over $10 million in cap room. So I think the, I could see them going for a package similar to what you just described from Columbus with Savard and Felino. Like go getting 
uh, a, a secondary scoring type. They, they, their top forwards are pretty good. I think they could add some depth on the scoring and or probably a defenseman. You're not going to replace Ekblad, but someone who can log some heavy minutes and just sort of take some of that pressure off the rest of those guys. So um, I could see them going after like you know like, like Hoffman, for example. He did he did okay there. Um, Glenn Denning, I really like him from Detroit. Yeah, he's a guy that's he's a hard nosed player. He's tough to play against. Doesn't make a ton of money. He's a UFA. He's only got a one point eight million dollar cap hit. He's a guy that's for sure going to get moved this year, and he's you know someone that could help that team. And then going back to Nashville's, you know, they're probably not going to end up moving pieces just because they're in the playoff hunt all of a sudden. But like going to get a Philippe Forsberg and an Ekholm, I mean that's going to cost you a pretty penny. But I think those guys got to realize just. They have a real chance this year, and I don't know how sustainable that's going to be in the next couple of years for Florida. I feel like they're sort of catching fire right now and bottling that, so I would want to take advantage of that and kind of go all out of the deadline. Yeah, I agree. I think they, too, much like every other team in the universe, needs a defenseman. I, I don't think – gosh, I think the price for those Nashville defense defensemen is going to be so high. But, gosh, if any team can pull a defenseman out of Nashville, I do think it might be the Florida Panthers. But just based on history, I feel like they're going to go to Arizona. They'll get Goligoski or Chalmerson and try to piece together defense. They like getting the veteran guys that come in there. They got Yandel. They got these guys who are older. They can resurrect their career in Florida. We'll see. Goligoski is a good defenseman. Nicholas Chalmerson is a good defenseman. If they can get one of those two guys and get a, a forward, maybe a Connor Garland, who is Arizona, has, has been shopping. You know, he's a restricted free agent coming up this next offseason. Arizona doesn't want to sink any more money into their players. We'll see what happens. I'm excited that Florida makes a move. You can tell the writing is on the wall. They traded those two guys. They're freeing up more cap space. It's exciting because well, going into the season, you just thought Tampa Bay was just going to walk through this division. Especially considering that they're one of the only teams that has cap room. So, like I talked about their opportunity a minute ago, like they really have a chance to, to make a splash where most teams in this in this league that are contenders don't. It's a buyer's market right now. Yeah. But that's the thing. There's not a lot. There's not a lot out there. You where okay. Let's just let's just finish up this this division and we'll go through some players. Carolina. Because let's just – Tampa Bay, they're not going to get anybody. They made their moves last year. They got Barkley Goudreau. They got Blake Coleman. They went out and they made some moves. The person they're going to get is hopefully is Nikita Kucherov. That's their deadline get. Yep. He's going to be the biggest fish in the market if he does come back. So we're not going to touch on Tampa Bay just because they don't have any money. They don't have anything to trade. They're going to stand pat. They don't their, have any needs either. Their GM has already said it's going to be a quiet you know, deadline for them. If, if something comes up that makes sense, they have the best goal in the league. They have studs on forwards. They're defensive set. So we're not going to talk about Tampa Bay anymore. The Carolina Hurricanes, they're in the same boat as the Florida Panthers where they see a potential path to a Stanley Cup. What do they need? They have a decent amount of cap space. They have a good group of young forwards. They have Tuevo Teravainen, who you think is their third or fourth best forward, coming back. They have a good defensive group. Do they need anything? Preeti Morazic just came back. He's playing lights out. What does Carolina need to do? They don't really have too many weaknesses. I'd like to see them kind of get add some pieces where it makes sense all across the board. I don't think that they – I mean, they probably are going to take themselves pretty seriously. I don't think they're too much of a serious contender for the Cup. Um, but if they can add some pieces for without selling away too much of the future, I think they do it, whether that's depth forward, whether that's defenseman. I don't think they need any goalies, like you said. But I, I, I can't – I don't know. I, I don't really feel too strongly about them one way or the other. Really? You don't think they're going to go out and make any moves? Maybe. I mean, they, they do have almost $10 million in cap space, right? Yeah, I see them dipping into the St. Louis Blues. 
um, ink a little bit and going out and getting a Hoffman and a Vince Dunn to kind of come in and try to inject some life into their offense, not that they need it, and then get a guy who you can throw on the fifth, sixth deep pairing, you know, sit them out every couple games like a Vince Dunn. I think that makes sense for them. You don't have to give St. Louis much to get those two guys. They're unfree- unrestricted free agents. Mike Hoffman, I think you can peel him out of there for a fourth rounder, a third rounder. He, he's not demanding what the type of last year if you were trading for Mike Hoffman you're going to have to get a second rounder or a first rounder yeah he's having a terrible year this year it's not terrible well he's not having a great year like like I think he expected to have when he was in the offseason listen he's got nine goals 21 points he's not the guy who we thought we were going to see this year from years past anyways moving on hey everybody listen up it's very important the playoffs are around the corner, and that means playoff beards. And what comes with a beard? Grooming. We've teamed up with Manscaped to help you guys trim your beard, trim your body, get yourself looking svelte and clean for the ladies, for your boys on the ice, for yourself just to feel good. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to manscaped.com, enter promo code Dropping Gloves. There's no the there for some reason. The promo code is dropping gloves. You're going to get 20% off. You're going to get free shipping. It's going to be great. And when I say great, I mean great. You go there, you check it out. I have all of their products and I use them every single day, honestly, and they work like a charm. They have this thing called the lawnmower. You can use it in the shower. You can use it just in the sink, rinsing it off. It's waterproof. It's got a light on it because it gets in all the cracks and crevices that you can't see. They have an ear and nose hair trimmer that work fantastic. It can be used for gifts. It can be used for anything you want. I love it. Go to manscaped.com right now. Use promo code dropping gloves. You get 20% off and free shipping. And as a little cherry on top, if you do this and you send me your receipt saying that you used our promo code, I'll send you some swag. I did this before and it went fast, so I'm only going to do it for the first 15 people, okay? So do this quick, do it now, and I will promise you I'll send you something in the mail from myself personally. So head over to manscaped.com, promo code dropping gloves, and you can thank me later. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they're a very polarizing team. We talk about, oh, sorry, the Scotia North. We're in the Scotia North division. The Toronto Maple Leafs, very polarizing. They've had an up and down year for the most part. They started off just dominating everybody. They had a little bit of a skid. They've had some injuries. Everybody's starting to come back. Do they need to make any moves? No, I think they need to worry about staying healthy and keeping, especially those older guys in the lineup, Thornton, um, Simmons, like making sure those guys are Bogosian, healthy, ready to go. No one's getting hurt down the stretch here. I can't really imagine too much that they need, especially like the depth they have on offense, on defense. Maybe adding a little toughness on D would be good for them. Um, they have three good goalies. So, I mean, who knows when Anderson's coming back, but Campbell's the best goalie in the league right now the last couple of weeks. So I, I would imagine Toronto, they don't have much cap space. They're probably going to sit pad unless something kind of falls on their lap. Here's what I think they're going to do. I think they do make a move. Kyle Dubas, he, he wants to make some type of move. I think they're confident they can get out of this division. I don't think they're confident that they can win that next round. They're going to end up playing a Vegas or a Colorado. And if you match up Toronto versus one of those two teams, it doesn't look good. That's, that's just my opinion. I feel like they have high-end top two lines where you don't need to touch that. I think they're going to trade in the division because they don't want to deal with the quarantine, the one week, the two weeks, this and that, the COVID protocols, especially the way Canada is going there, locking more and more provinces down. I think they go to Calgary. Calgary's out of the playoffs. They've That ship has sailed. Calgary's looking to change things up for next year. A guy who I like is Sam Bennett. 
Yep. He is he's a hard nosed player. When I look at Sam Bennett, I think he's like thirty eight years old. He's still in his twenties. He's still a young player. He he makes a lot of sense in Toronto. You can plug him in on the third or fourth line. He plays hard minutes. He he kills penalties. He's good in the faceoff circle. He doesn't make a lot of money. Calgary can eat that cap, and Toronto can give them a second round draft pick or a third round draft pick. I think that makes a lot of sense. If you're Toronto, you don't have to worry about the the quarantining and missing out a week, week and a half of the season because he's not available. And he, he adds to your team. I know Toronto has a stable full of forwards, but they don't have, in my opinion, a guy who it's the end of the end of the game you can throw him out there and you know he's going to be defensively responsible and I feel like Sam Bennett gives you that so maybe they make a deal with Calgary maybe they don't but I think that makes a lot of sense you, you don't have to give up a lot Calgary will eat that cap and it just makes Toronto a better team all right anything else to touch on with Toronto nope moving on Winnipeg Jets Blake Wheeler's out he's got a concussion like we touched on last episode who knows how long this is going to last they need some defensive help what does the Winnipeg Jets do at the deadline? Are they legit Stanley Cup contenders? Do you think they make a swing for the fences? They've been playing pretty good hockey this year. They got the Dubois trade happen. They got Line A out the door. I think they may I think they make a move. Shevel Dayoff has now not been a GM to sit on his hands and just watch every other team get better. But the question is how do you make a move? You have zero cap space. And I know we weren't going to talk about that, but what makes sense for them? The, the, the trade that the Minnesota wild are going to make for David Savard and Nick Foligno, that makes sense for the, uh, for the Winnipeg jets, just because Nick Foligno, he can come in, he can shore up that forward unit. He's a veteran presence, David Savard, Winnipeg needs help on the back end. So if they're going to get any kind of help, it's going to be on the back end. They'll be making the calls to the Nashville's to the Columbus's hopefully pulling a D out of there. A defenseman that makes sense for me, for them, is Brandon Montour. Out of Buffalo, he's not a high-end guy. You know, he's just one of those guys, you plug him in for the third and fourth spot, he'll give you a point every other game. He's a steady Eddie. I think that makes a lot of sense for him going to Buffalo to pick up that guy. Any Anything about them, Tim? Well, if they don't have cap space, like what, what can they really do unless they move one of their existing pieces? I don't know if Wheeler's... There's no way he goes on the LTIR between now and Tuesday, right? No, he doesn't, but you can make moves. You you can send a guy down. You can get Buffalo to retain all of his cap space if you really want him to. You can ship out a player. You can make moves to work around the cap. I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's just of you can't get a high – they can't get a Taylor Hall. You can't make that many moves. But, you know, Brandon Montour makes 3.85. You can get Buffalo to keep half, if not more than that, so his cap hits only one point something, and they can manage that. They can, they can move some pieces around to get him. And then give Buffalo back a player so the cap hit can be negligible. So, Yeah, I mean, Capistai, this is a team that I could see making a big splash just because even without Wheeler being hurt, they probably need it. They, they have, they're looking uphill at this division, so I think in order to get out of it, they're going to have to be better than Toronto, and right now I don't think they're that close. They're a good team. They have a lot of offensive scoring. They have... Arguably one of the better goaltenders in the league, but their defense has not been great. And yeah, I could see them going to get those guys if they can make a figure out how to swing a deal and make the cap work. The Edmonton Oilers, the enigma of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl. What do they do? They're this team that is constantly frustrating. We've talked about them so much and how they're just. They're a team that could be so great. We see what those two magicians do on the ice, and then nobody else even shows up. What I do like about this team, I like their defensemen. 
and I would have never guessed I would have said that a year ago today. Darnell Nurse is playing great. Tyson Berry is playing great. Ethan Bear is serviceable. They have a decent defense. I don't think you need – if you need to add maybe – a smaller piece like we talked about, like a Vince Dunn or a Josh Manson, those types might work. You need to get scoring, in my opinion, in Edmonton and potentially a goaltender. But Mike Smith has been playing better of late. They have their goaltending is okay, but can you rely on Mike Smith in the playoffs? I don't know. What does Edmonton do, Tim? Tell me right now so I can sleep good at night. Well, again, this is a team that would have to swing some moves just because of their cap situation. They have no room, but. I would love to see them pick up like a Mike Hoffman, someone who can just like take some pressure off those top forwards in a way that they haven't really been able to do. Like the Nuge is really good. I like him a lot, but he needs to step up. And I feel like getting some more talent and spread across these top two or three lines is going to be huge for them because Cassian is not that great. Chison's not that great. Kyle Tyrus is a solid player, but he's not going to really win you many games. So if they can find some way to get some secondary scoring from a Hoffman, from uh, a Felino. What are these other names? I mean, I don't know Taylor Hall. You, you brought it up the other day. I can't see them swinging that deal just because of the cap space situation. But um, there are some players out there that could help them. Bozak, Raquel, um, Bobby Ryan, like you said. So, yeah, I, I, any way they can do to not have to just rely on, on 97 and, and uh, what, 29? 29. To win your games is, is, is going to help them. They've been trying to get some secondary scoring for years. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was a, was a scratch last game. Did you see that? I did. I did. And they say it's injury-related. Yep. I think he's going to get traded. I think they're shipping the Nuge out. Wow. I think he's going to stay in province. And this is this is me a pie in the sky. They're going to Calgary. I think this quarantine thing is going to be a big deal. I, I think a GM who makes a trade in that division, they're going to look in-house first just so they don't have to deal with any of this junk because – if you get a guy and he has to sit out a week of the season, if not more, like that's that's a huge impact on your team. I think they stay in house. I think they go to Calgary. I think you ship Ryan Nugent Hopkins to the Calgary Flames. And these teams have had trades before. We've seen them. Like they, they, this is not unusual for these two teams to make a trade. They get Richie David Richie to come in and compete for the starting role. They ship out one of their goaltenders, the Koskinen, Koskinen, who makes a decent amount of money. That frees up some cap space. You give them Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Koskinen, you get David Ritchie, and you get Johnny Gaudreau. Oh, whoa. This is a blockbuster. It's a blockbuster about. deal. It's, it's a change of space. New, new place, new face. Just switch it up. We'll see how it goes. Johnny has been playing that great. He, he hasn't produced to where Calgary wants him to produce that level. And if you can switch him out, and obviously Edmonton would have to send a draft pick with it, whether that's a first rounder is is remains to be seen. I like this trade for both teams. It, it gives them a fresh injection of life. Ryan Nugent Hopkins can maybe resurrect his career. He he hasn't done anything at Edmonton. I don't want to say anything, but he hasn't produced the number one overall pick like everyone thought he was going to going to be. So I like this trade for both sides. I I do too. Because, like, I don't know, Goudreau and Hoffman are actually kind of similar players in terms of, like, their production and stuff. Goudreau's a little bit better, but not lately. And I think you could see both of those guys benefiting from a new environment, new team, getting energized about, I mean, Goudreau going on a deep playoff run, playing with those guys. He's a guy that can keep up with, with those guys. He's, yeah. He's fast. He's he's wily. He can get around. Um, and then Nuge, I think, is I, – I, I don't know. I have a soft spot for him for some reason. I like him as a player, and – Hopefully, getting him out maybe under the spotlight of those other guys could could help his 
you know, career as well. And then, yeah, Riddick, we saw what he did last year. He's a good, good goal, and especially in the playoffs. He can he can rise to the occasion and something that they're at an Edmonton going to need. But that'll be – that's going to – shake the ground in Alberta. I don't happens. see it happening, but it would be great if it did. It, it would be absolutely astonishing. Like you said, it, it would send ripples and waves throughout that division. Like what just happened? They wouldn't have to move much. Couple hours north, couple hours south. It would be an easy transition for both of those guys. I would like to see that happen. If that doesn't happen for Edmonton, I truly, truly believe they should make a move for Taylor Hall. I honestly, truly believe that. You send some money to Buffalo, you send him a first-round draft pick, you make the contracts work, and you get Taylor Hall, you slot him on the second line, and you just let him go, and you let him play. He had success in Edmonton. He's familiar with the city. He likes playing at Edmonton. I would love to see them make this move. And then you try to sign him to a long-term deal, and you go all in on the offense, and you just see what happens. You can compete with Toronto. You have these star players. You have Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You have Taylor Hall. You have McDavid. You have Dreisaitl. That matches up with Toronto. Like that right there, that would be an unbelievable finals in the North Division. That would be fun. That puts them ahead of Winnipeg right now. As it stands today, I think it goes Toronto and Winnipeg and then Edmonton and then whoever, Montreal. Those two teams aren't even existing. It's going to be Winnipeg and Toronto unless Edmonton makes a move. It's going to be Toronto. It's going to be Toronto. (laughs) As it stands right now. But I could see if Edmonton makes this move for Taylor Hall or getting – Gaudreau in there, that that could tip the balance at Edmonton's favor a little bit. We'll see. Anything's possible, as Kevin Garnett once said after he won his championship. Anything is possible. Moving on to the Mass Mutual, let's touch on these teams pretty quick. Washington Capitals, they have zero cap space. Their goaltending, the only question mark there is their guys are so young. They, they have um, the Vitili Vananic guy. Samsonov. And then Elias Samsonov. They're young kids. They're untested. They're playing well this year. They're playing really, really strong. So they've been doing a platoon thing every other game. They've both been producing. We'll see how that shakes out. They have zero cap space. Maybe they can make some moves. I don't think they need to make any moves. I think they're set. New York Islanders, they've already made their splash. They're set. They got Palmieri. Pittsburgh Penguins. NZ Jack. NZ Jack, yes. Pittsburgh Penguins. What do they do, Tim? I've been saying it for a month plus. I think they're a great fit for Taylor Hall. If they can find a way to make the cap run, um, just because you've seen what, what wingers can do when they're playing with a Malkin or a Crosby, and, and there's no surprise like what, what boosting, you know, the boost to the stats into your playing, playing with those guys. So, yeah, I could if they can figure out a way to make that work, and I feel like that's one of the few places where Taylor Hall could actually turn around and start producing like a player that we thought and we think that he could be again. Um so, yeah, I could see them making a splash like that if they can figure out, you know, how to make it work. Yeah, I think that's going to be the tricky spot there, making things work. But Pittsburgh, I think they need a defenseman. I don't think they're going to be that aggressive. They don't have Rutherford anymore who goes out and swings for the fences. This new GM isn't going to stick his neck out that far and make, make a move that could potentially cost him his job. They'll go out and make a little tertiary move, get a Montour, get a Vince Dunn, go out there and make a little eensy-weensy move that won't make that much of an impact. It, it, it's not going to be fun like we're used to with Pittsburgh. It'd be great if they went out and swung for the fences, grab the Phil Kessel, grab the Goligoski from Arizona, you know, get some scoring, get some defensive help. That could, that could be something where I could see, but I don't see it being that interesting with Pittsburgh. Boston Bruins. They have a little bit of cap space. They have a lot of needs. What do they do? Do they sell? Do they buy? I don't want to touch on them too long. DeBrusque, a once untouchable guy in that team, has been linked on the market. They're willing to give up on DeBrusque. He's he's one of those players who, he's like a Galchenyuk where 
you know there's good hockey inside of him. You know he can be a, a solid player. So maybe he's a, an asset where you can ship him out, ship out a couple picks, get some good players coming in, get a Taylor Hall, get an Ekholm. The Bruins do have some wiggle room. Like they do have some players that teams are enticed by. Do they make a move? I've, I've said it all along. I think they should sh- sell. Give me your last pitch on what the Bruins should do this, this uh, deadline. You know that, uh, have you seen that meme where the guy's like poking a stick at a rock saying like, come on, do something. This is, no. This is what I feel like right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Sweeney, like do something. Like you're seeing, watching these moves happen around the league, watching these teams better than you. You're watching your, your core groups just, it's dwindling yeah. and, and, the, and the chance is dwindling. So yeah, you got you to gotta do something here and they're, they're not going to do much. They're going to go get like Raquel and Ryan Murray and just like call it or just like a player that's not even on anyone's radar. There's going to get like player, but a not, seventh defenseman and like a fourth line forward. Not an impact changing player. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. And I mean, one of my, one of my mantras for life is don't, don't crucify someone for something they haven't done yet. So hopefully they'll surprise me. Um, but I'm like, I'm already mad at them for not doing anything. Well, yeah, I think you can give them a little crucifixion hard time because they didn't do anything in the off season. Yeah. You know, they, they sat on their hands like we talked about before and they, they just watched, watched the world go by and they were like, Oh, well we're just, you know, we'll, we'll do something eventually. Well now eventually has come to pass. Now is the time. If you're Don Sweeney, if you're the Boston Bruins, this is it. Like I don't see these guys getting better next year. Maybe Pasternak takes his game to a new level, but like Marshawn, he's playing his best hockey again. Like this cannot continue to happen. You're you're wasting these guys' years, and we say this for a lot of different teams. But gosh, the Bruins have been right there for ten plus years, and they haven't been able to get over that hump. So I would like them to see them make a move. I, I, Taylor Hall would be beautiful there. Matthias Ekholm, these guys, they're there. There's pieces that are there that they can go and get. I have an idea. What? How about Phil Kessel? Back in back in black and Love gold. Love it. Put him on Krejci's line. They've needed that forever. Him and DeBrusque, oh my gosh, they're so good together. I mean, right now Arizona's in the playoff run, but if they're smart, I hope they take an approach similar to what uh, the Blues are doing. It's like, yeah. hey, you know what? Like, we 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 know what's going on. We're, we're being realistic here, and Phil is still a good player. You can still score goals. We've seen that all year. We've seen that the last few years. I think the Bruins, Boston would love it. It makes it makes a lot of sense, and I hope they at least you know put out a call on him. I think you have to. I think Phil is one of these players. The only thing with Phil is his cap is just so incredibly high. And if you're going to get a player like that, you're expecting maybe a little bit more at this stage in his career. He's not giving you that. We'll see. I I need Boston to do something either way. You can't just sit. You know, it's either blank or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Like, do something, make a move, make a stance for your team. It's like we're going to be all in this year or we're just going to prepare for the future. You can't just do nothing again. Yeah, Phil's got makes uh, 6.8 and he's got one more year after this year. So you're going to be you're going to be having that contract. But I think he's worth it. And I think he's a good player that most play, you know teams would love to have. And, and the Bruins could ship a DeBrusque to even out the cap space and even out the value a little bit. Or maybe some of those other, you know, secondary scores that I don't know. I just I would love to see them make a move and make an upgrade or at least show that they're trying. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I hope they do something when Boston is, you know, in the mix. It's better for the whole league. So Boston make a move. All right. Last thing we're just going to I want to go down the top players on this trade deadline bonanza. And you just give me gut reaction where they go. We'll do the top five and you tell me where they're going to go. David Savard. David Savard, uh, Minnesota. Oh, I like it. Taylor Hall. 
He's the big one. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I got a funny story about Pittsburgh, but it's not for this show. It's for, <laughs> it's for spitting chicklets. Uh, Mike Hoffman. Um, Mike Hoffman. I don't know. What do you think? I think Hoffman goes to a team that needs goal scoring. I, I Call me crazy. I wouldn't mind seeing him going back to Florida. I yeah. know maybe he's burned some bridges there, but he would be great in Florida. And I don't think it would be much to prime out of St. Louis. So I think he'd be good there. Nick Foligno. Uh, Minnesota or Carolina. I agree. I think Columbus or Minnesota works for him. Um, and then there's the Detroit guys. Let's just go to Michael Grandlin. Is he in, where is he now? Nashville. He's, um, he's probably other than Hall. He's the next best forward on the list who could get traded. Yeah. And he can play both center and the wing too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe Carolina again. You know, the, the list of teams that that really can go and get a player is very short, very small. That, that are serious contenders. Maybe Edmonton. Maybe Not Edmonton. Edmonton. Winnipeg. Maybe Winnipeg. We'll yeah. see. I like Boston for him. That'd be a nice spot for him. All right, everybody. This should be exciting. We'll touch back in after the deadline to see how our our predictions worked out. But I hope everybody has a good weekend. We will talk to you guys next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 